Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this episode of Four Center is one of our deep dives. We're going to dive deep into a real simple question What makes Star Wars good? And we're going to offer some opinions about that. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsack. I knew we were talking about this. I knew what the show was going to be about. Then I got the notes and saw that title and went, I don't know. Can I answer this? <laughs> we're going to find out. 
you can answer from your heart, which is going to be great. Uh, before we get into Ken's heart and mine, which sounds scary, but it's not. It's a good thing. Getting into the heart in a good way. We always want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Tempest Runner by Kevin Scott. It is an audio drama in the great High Republic ongoing story. If you want to check it out, you can download that free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook, but that is not all. That is not all indeed. We have another offer from our friends at Inside Editions, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, and they are offering 35% off across their website if you use this special link, InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, The Secrets of the Sith. We said last time out, go ahead and give the gift of Sith for Christmas <laughs> and do so by using this link, InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. Yeah, do it. Yeah, I already have this book, and I hope that somebody gifts it to me. I really like this one. <laughs> anyway, let's dive into uh, how much we love Star Wars and really why uh, we picked this topic, because this is actually our first episode with a new hosting site, Acast. Uh, and we know with that, it's an episode where maybe some new listeners might be jumping on. So we thought it'd be a really good time to do an episode that kind of uh, introduces our Force Center uh, perspective. So... Here on Force Center, our general tenant has always been celebration. Um, when we got started, that was a, a word that you'd been using a lot, Ken, to just describe how you wanted to talk about Star Wars. And I was so excited to come into that idea of celebration. And we've, you know, continued that. We want to share what we love. Uh, we often want to share it from a critical point of view and really dive into why we love things. Uh, we also talk about things that don't work for us, but hopefully we always do that from a calm point of view that acknowledges those opinions as exactly that, you know, uh, opinions. Uh, but honestly, a lot of what we do is celebration. And that celebration takes a ton of different forms. We love doing deep dives, discussing the, the big themes, the stakes, the emotional canon of Star Wars. But we also love Star Wars for being just big and weird and a thrilling adventure serial, right? We love that Star Wars can range from the, the horribly dark tragedy of Anakin Skywalker to a, a planet of fish people called Mon Calamari. And we can <laughs> discuss uh, the tragedy of Anakin with a sense of humor and uh, uh, discuss the fish people with great reverence and depth. It's uh, one of the beautiful weirdnesses of Star Wars. Uh, so we thought a good topic to sum up a lot of our interests, a lot of our perspective is this, you know, simple, straightforward question of what makes Star Wars good? So we're going to discuss some of our favorite things in the galaxy far, far away from the meaningful moments to thrilling moments to just super weird moments. And to get us started in that, Ken, I want to ask you about the big picture for you. What brings you back to Star Wars after being a fan for decades, after talking about it multiple times a week for six years on Force Center? Uh, what brings you back? What is the core heart of your fandom? I think uh, to boil it down to one word, it would be inspiration. Uh, that flows nicely into words like, I don't know, guidance, enlightenment. Uh, that's really what I do take from Star Wars. This uh, is great. It's, it's a great way. I say the greatest saga ever told that comes from a marketing uh, piece of material around Return of the Jedi. Uh, there's a lot of great stories out there, a lot of great movies, a lot of great franchises, a lot of things that I love. But Star Wars, more than any of them, has continued to to just meet me on the the path my life is on at various times and has inspired me, 
made me think uh, and just moved me forward with a with a sense of comfort and joy and entertainment. Uh, we, we're going to talk about some of the specific things, but the pew, pew, pew and the lightsaber fights are, are all part of it. But I think what's given it the staying power is continued inspiration for my life. I think that's really great. And I, I think similar to the way I feel often when, when people ask about like, you know, how, how can you come back to star Wars <laughs> when, uh, especially when the, you know, discussion around it can get really heated and all that kind of thing. I always think of the image of Luke staring into the twin sunsets uh, from, you know, the very first film and how that much that connected with me as a kid, when I really identified with Luke of, I wanted to take my first steps <laughs> into the larger world. Right. And that, that moment has, a sense of longing to it, right? Uh, but there's also a sense of hope and beauty. Um, and it's only grown with me, that that moment and that feeling over the years, because there's this huge sense of something more, of like a part of that moment is Luke not just selfishly wanting to go like, I want to have an adventure. I don't like doing my chores anymore. It's much more the sense of like, the world is huge and I want to be a part of it. And as I've gotten older and really like to dive into the big ideas of Star Wars, I, I think that sense of something more, you know, I think in some ways that's what the force is a metaphor for the idea that we are all connected. Um, anything is possible. And whatever this sense of something more that you're feeling is, it's just over the horizon. Like all of that is in that shot. And I think that's one of the, the big things that keeps me coming back to Star Wars. Uh, and then the other thing, for me is uh, a term that we use a lot, which is tension. Um, there's so many different ideas in star Wars. And I think that they're often at tension with one another and they're kind of meant to be right. Um, it's yeah. a story about the new and old it's, it's a generational story. It's called star Wars and it often preaches pacifism. There's a tension between the, the thrill and the moral, right? Um, there's a tension between this being this sort of romantic mythic story and then that like real realism of like, but how do the lightsabers work? Uh, in uh, to me, one of the biggest tensions ultimately that we're going to talk about a, a lot on this episode, I think is what keeps me coming back to star Wars is it is this deep philosophical mythic stories with uh, lessons about how to live your life. And it is also just a pulpy, weird, silly adventure serial, and it never compromises. You know, it's always both. Yeah, and 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 crawling into all those corners uh, of of this galaxy is uh, is part of the appeal too. And 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 that that is that that serial adventure vibe uh, lends itself to a lot of different uh, things in Star Wars. I love not just the action and the momentum of the stories, but a weird creature, a character. Um, and, and a lot of those moments that just make everything pop. And, and, and for years, that was the stuff that probably drew me back. And then Star Wars started to find me in other ways, which is uh, part of what uh, I think we, we, you and I both celebrate, this, this idea of growth um, and change, which is so prevalent in Star Wars, but how you change along as a fan. And sometimes you might change to where, hey, maybe you don't connect with Star Wars anymore, and you drift off after original trilogy, special editions, prequels, whatever. Um, but uh, if, if you're like us, I think the, the journey is, uh, con continues to change you, continues to uh, entertain you as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we wanted to dive into some of those ideas by looking at Star Wars from some different ways. And there are so many different ways that fans could sum up Star Wars. But these are the categories we went with. We're going to talk about some of our favorite kind of deep, meaningful ideas, uh, some of our favorite moments of thrilling adventure, uh, some of the moments that are just damn weird, uh, some that are funny, and finally, cute. 
you know, justice for the Ewoks, <laughs> Porgs. I don't know if Grogu needs any justice, but uh, maybe Babu Frick. Is Babu Frick cute to you, Ken? Oh, I just watched him this last week, and yes, fair. I'm I'm in the corner of Babu Frick cute. Babu Frick is cute. Yeah. You heard it here, not first. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe last. Who knows? Let's start, Ken, with the thrilling, right? Uh, Star Wars is uh, inspired in part by adventure serials. It is certainly, you know, uh, the big movies are certainly action-adventure movies. So for you, across all of the storytelling, what are some of your favorite action moments or set pieces or chases and why? I For this, I have to go to the original trilogy for both, and that's just my entry point in Star Wars, and you and I love hearing uh, the different entry points of everyone out there. You, you might have, uh, you know, Tartakovsky's Clone Wars might have been your first. Uh, a comic book series from the 80s or 90s might have been your first exposure to Star Wars. Uh, me, you, and a lot of folks, it's the original trilogy, and I think because of that, uh, be, uh, this question makes me think of two big moments. Uh, it's quite possible you and I share these moments, but I go to... Endor and the speeder bike chase sequence. Just blowing my mind in the theater, um, seeming so fast and uncontrolled and scary, <laughs> but full of action, full of uh, uh, heroism, and uh, full of one of the coolest lightsaber moments of all time, just cutting that speeder bike's control vein off. Uh, and that one stayed with me. And so when I left the theater at seven years of age and was looking up to the stars and quite literally wondering what is out there, is any of this out there and how can I connect to it? Uh, the lightsaber fights, Jabba, the Rancor scared me. But that speeder bike sequence is one that I was obsessed with. I read a lot about. And when I learned that they used action figures and, and cardboard tubes to do test shots of it, oh, my God, my mind was blown. Like, you actually make this stuff? <laughs> that sequence is, is the first one that comes to mind as being so big for me. Yeah, and, and it, I, I want to prompt you to share your own story of your tree in your backyard, because I think that's so oh, vital to your speeder love. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I was, uh, at the time, at a, at a backyard, it was a little kid's dream as a, as a backyard for as, as much as a lower middle class family could provide all the dreams for their kids. I had a great backyard to play, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Star Wars, baseball. I had a, a hole in the ground that made, it was like a foxhole if I wanted to, you know, fight like a, you know, uh, in, in a military capacity as kids <laughs> for some reason want to do. Uh, and then I also had uh, two palm, three or four palm trees, actually. Uh, they're large now. I drove by them last year and they're, they're big now. Um, but there were uh, two of them were angled almost just, you know, flat, horizontal, sticking out from uh, – uh, the base of the tree and I could climb on them. And that was my speeder bike. And some days I was the biker scout and I, you know, Joseph, I love biker scouts, probably my favorite design. And other days I was uh, Luke or uh, Leia's friend, you know, create a character and I was a rebel with them. And otherwise it was a, another, another adventure. It was always on Endor. I couldn't imagine speeder bikes being anywhere else, but Endor. Uh, uh, that blew my mind a little bit later. I was like, Oh yeah, I guess you could take them other places. Uh, and, I just would reenact or uh, tell my own story inspired by that sequence over and over and over again. You couldn't see me from the street, but if you could, my neighbors looked out their window. They're like, why is little Kenny on that palm tree for hours? <laughs> yeah, I love the idea that you might have made up a character, like maybe even based on right. yourself. Like, uh, I'm Star Wars character Zap Kensock, and I'm yes. riding my speeder bike. Yeah, I love that story. And I think for me, it just it it highlights, I think, this special magic of the that adventure serial thrill of like, what's a good action scene or, or adventure scene is it makes you want to play it. Yeah, 
right? Even if you're a kid or if you see it in the theater as an adult and you're like, I want to jump in my car and drive fast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to show you how the Falcon should have escaped that, you know, like uh, in my car now. And I think that's just such an important part of, uh, of what I think about when I think about what is thrilling in Star Wars. You said something that we talk about a lot here with that, that playground test and, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what kids these days are doing. Do they have playgrounds or not? I don't know. But in our day, we played under the sun. And you would go out and reenact Star Wars, and it's some some wonderful stories around that. But later on, uh, you know, coming out of Attack of the Clones, uh, a movie initially I had to I had to kind of wrap my head around. We're big prequel fans here. We love those movies, but it's been a journey, and that's okay. That's another thing we'll discuss some other time. The journey of Star Wars as a fan. But I remember thinking, okay, I, I don't know, there's a lot of things I didn't like. Don't like that 3PO humor. But I told my friend, I go, but I got to tell you, that battle at the end of the, the movie, so some of the shots, the kind of zoom-ins on, on the, the, the troop carriers and everything, it made me want to go to a playground and, and play Star Wars again. There I am in my mid-20s at the time. <laughs> and, he's, and he goes like, no, no, I get it. I get it. I'm with you on that. And, and that's something that's pretty viable. It's that playground test. Yeah, it, that's uh, such a great point. I'm going to jump in with uh, with one of mine here. Um yeah. As I was growing up, because it, it connects with what you're saying, you know, as I was growing up, absolutely tons of original trilogy moments that I could share. Um, you know, uh, Luke with the lightsaber, you know, get, doing the flip and uh, in, in above the Sarlacc pit and grabbing the blade. And, you know, I, I imagined Luke everywhere. I imagined myself as Luke. So I grew up wanting, like so many people who were exposed to Star Wars then, any cylindrical object was a, an opportunity yeah. to pretend yes. <laughs> that you were a Jedi with a lightsaber. So I so grew up with that. And then when the prequels uh, came out, Phantom Menace in particular, uh, like a lot of people our generation, I had our our ups and downs, we're big fans now. Uh, But one of the things that I just loved, like absolute dream come true, was everything about the Darth Maul fight uh, with Kenobi and Qui-Gon. But in particular, one of my favorite action scenes is always going to be once uh, Qui-Gon has fallen, Obi-Wan is waiting for that laser gate to shut down and he just flies at Maul and it's that long held shot where you don't cut away. And it was to me at that time in my life, the coolest thing I had ever seen. Like, did he do a block behind his back? Do they like sort of spiral away from one another? Like they finished a dance phrase. I know some people don't like that, but I love that. Cause it's like, they're like, we know all the moves and we're trying them on each other and looking for one another's weaknesses. It's so fast. It's so flowing. It was so cool. And I was no longer on playgrounds, mm-hmm. but at that time in my life, I was doing a ton of sketch comedy and lucky to be doing it in sort of nerdy settings. Uh, so I saw that and I was like, this is my opportunity to live it out. And, you know, my friend and I did a comedy sketch where the comedy was really an excuse to just convince people to pay money to watch us attempt to act out (laughs) Maul versus Kenobi on a stage in a theater, which we did with those plastic uh, lightsabers. Uh, I broke many Darth Maul lightsabers uh, being Kenobi to my friends, uh, Darth Maul. So it's like, it's always going to be one of my favorite moments because uh, I got to fulfill the fantasy. I had the thrill Mm -hmm. of trying to be it, you know, play it. Play it, be it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so what, what are uh, another, what's another moment for you? The, the other one I, I want to go to is, um, and I've discussed other places, but like I, I, I saw Star, Star Wars, saw New Hope in a drive-in, but I was one, don't remember it. Come back, see Return of the Jedi. And then it was like, mom, dad, this, this is, seems to be one episode of many, are there others? And uh, I saw Empire Strikes Back last. Did So I didn't see wow. New Hope in the Return of the Jedi. So, but it, it all happened so fast that I, I don't, 
I wasn't like super spoiled. Like, you know, it just, it's, it's weird how that works. But after seeing Jedi, which is full of action, which is full of victory, which is full of uh, the end of the story, go back to Empire. And the, the battle on Hoth remains one of my favorites as it is for so many other people. But what always got me, uh, and I carried that through adulthood, is the, the shot of uh, Trey Callum, uh, who now I know is Trey Callum, and two is Bob Anderson, uh, sword fighter and choreographer extraordinaire, playing the, the rebel officer looking through his, um, you know, his binoculars there, or um, monocular, I think it is. If I you probably remember the more than I do. <laughs> um, and seeing that foot of that walker come down. And then he pans up, right? And then you got the thump of the walkers and Imperial walkers are on the North Ridge. And that whole Hoth battle is amazing, right? And the action takes off and the rebels kind of uh, survive, not necessarily win the day. That, that concept wasn't with me that they just survived, you know? I didn't, hadn't learned the Holdo lessons yet of, of <laughs> survive to the next day. That's sometimes a victory. I was terrified. I was terrified. Terrified in a way of here I am, maybe eight by this point, wondering what would I do? How do you look out and see this foot stomping towards you? And there's five of these beasts, these metallic beasts <laughs> coming towards you and you stay and fight. That really hit me young. That really hit me young. And do I understand all the philosophies of it and the life lessons in it? Not necessarily then. No, it's not the point. It's the genius of Star Wars. Yeah. But that stayed with me. And that's why I still love the battle. And I can still go to that moment and now know more of the names and know who played the characters. But it doesn't matter. All that goes out the window, and it, I do kind of get those chills again. If there comes the oppressive foot of the Empire, and are you going to stay and fight it? It's a tough question to answer, because what would you do when that stomping's coming towards you? I don't know. I hope I'd choose to do what the Rebels did and what Trey Gallum did, stay and fight. It's a big lesson. It's a big fight, and that uh, grabbed me early on. And you're highlighting such a great thing that always comes up when we talk about the action scenes is those moments of tension before, <laughs> right? right? Uh, and yeah, Trey Callum looking through the binocs uh, or, or binoculars. Uh, a, you, you can use either. Either is canonical, according to <laughs> Wikipedia. Um, yeah, and those moments of tension before the battle are, are sometimes as thrilling as the actual moments of the battle. And then, yeah, the Hoth battle is so great. And then uh, you go on to relive that in almost every video game, Star Wars video game for a while there. <laughs> yes. You'd get the opportunity, uh, maybe not to be Trey Callum, but to uh, try to take down a walker with his uh, snow speeder. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I could go on and on about uh, various childhood ones, but I also wanted to, to highlight for me uh, a more recent one that, that really got me thinking about the adventure uh, uh, serial vibe, that sense of a thrill and sense of like, that childhood joy of like, I want to just dance out of the theater and pretend to do this. Mm. And it came in solo mm. in particular. Like I remember uh, was lucky enough to see an advanced press screening. Uh, we were there together. I came home and, and my wife knows I'm not a fan of spoilers. I'm not going to tell her anything about the movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but she was like, I, I know you don't want to tell me anything about it, but just, you know, did you like it? And I was like, uh, yeah, let me show you. And I, I turned around and then like I spun toward her with like a fake blaster out. And it was like, yeah, I like it. <laughs> like that was how I could express to her that how much I liked it is that it gave me that sense of of play. Mm. Um, and the scene in particular is the Kessel Run. And I know there are some fans out there like, yeah, they, they didn't want to know the answers of Kessel Run. I get that. I respect that. But just looking at what that 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 whole run is, right, that's kind of the adventure serial recipe of star wars in one big scene 
it is it's about choice right it's about han really finally getting to like seize the mantle yeah <laughs> and do things his way and that that look of joy as he touches uh, the controls and he, mm-hmm. he's finally in control right and uh it's got this like this sense of daring of like uh, we don't have any good options. The ship's going to explode if we go this way. <laughs> and the Empire's bearing down on us. So I'm going to do this incredibly dangerous thing. You, you got that sense of different genres uh, colliding, right? You got that sort of drag racing uh, idea of, you know, doing the the trick that Needles taught him and uh, is doing the cool skid. Uh, but then you go into this totally bizarre alien world where there are huge creatures in there that, that haven't even been, like, recorded or documented, right? And it's got this Lovecraftian cosmic fantasy vibe with the sum of Verminoth and the, the shot from far away of the, mm. the Falcon being chased by just this giant space beast with a you know a million eyes and tentacles and uh it's just all in one scene that thrilling sense of uh, i think what lucas was going for of like it's just fun to play in all these fantasy worlds and smash them together and and get this just sense of hey if you were in a dangerous situation could you make it out and i loved it in castle run just barely making it out like you can feel it right when he's got he's timing it perfectly and says now 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 <laughs> and just barely makes it out before the door closes it's just classic adventure serial oh man yeah that, that that that's a great way to look at it just like all parts of star wars the 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 deep the philosophy the uh, big moments and then the creatures <laughs> and the craziness <laughs> yeah the creatures and the crazy uh any other big adventure moments you wanted to mention we are uh, we're trying to hold ourselves back yeah yeah, just small moments, and 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 to 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 for, force myself to kind of look to the sequel trilogy, not force in the way of uh, uh, there's nothing there for me. There's so much, but I always look back a lot and and go back to what got me as as uh, in my youth. But one of the sequences in Force Awakens, right up top, when when Finn and Poe escape uh, from the finalizer there, and the and the Tie Fighter uh, uh, chase down to Jakku, that doesn't go perfectly for them. I just remember thinking, yeah, this they they still got it in the sense of this is an action sequence that would be um, something you'd take to the playground. Uh, and it just had that thrill. And and there was so much pressure in that movie to be like, hey, you know, can we, can we bring Star Wars to, to a new generation? Can we, you know, do a soft reboot the franchise in a way uh, as they started uh, rebuilding things in 2015? And, and I just remember that you got you know, the dialogue up top with Kylo and, and uh, you know, uh, Lor Santeca and Poe's great. It starts so well. But that sequence, I just remember thinking, yeah, this is the Star Wars that I remember at seven. And it, it, it's it's the DNA is there on all, on all fronts. Yeah, it's got that great energy of Poe's line of we're going to do this. <laughs> I ain't calling you that. Like it, it is it's everything from the action to the mood of like, you know, two two new friends in a dire situation, yeah. you know, becoming best buddies in seconds as they face horrible danger. Yeah, I mean, if I had seen Force Awakens when I was a kid, you know, my brother and I would have pretended we were uh, both stealing a TIE fighter in the back of our, you know, <laughs> uh, parent station wagon. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I wanted someone uh, in 2016, criticized that scene to me over lunch. They're like, ah, just it's so clear with that scene. They're trying to to build a video game level. And I was like, good, yes, that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I need. That's the serial adventure kind of feeling of, uh, you know, problem uh, situation problem get out of it situation problem get out of it. And 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 yes, it should feel like I immediately want to go to the playground or immediately want to go to a video game. 
Yeah, and I think that to me is that legacy of the literal adventure serials with cliffhangers. And there is often that vibe of like, we just solved one problem and now here's another. And I personally love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's dive into from the thrilling from the adventure serial to the depth. Uh, this is one where <laughs> we'll have a hard time containing ourselves because we l- really love talking about the big, deep ideas of why on Force Center. But if you can, what are what are a couple of the most meaningful uh, big themes or ideas or life lessons or philosophies? And what are what moments from the stories are those ideas tied to in your mind? Yeah, this is so. It's interesting. And uh, gosh, I, I, I want to, you know, we, we, you and I want to pass the ball around onto many characters and many ideas. I'm, I'm such, I grew up and still am such a Han guy. So there's a lot there for me in, in, in the lessons of Han Solo. I'm, I, I still consider Leia like the quintessential Star Wars character, which also is in line with Padme being kind of this steadfast soul of fighting for what's right. There's a lot of great moments. I'm, I'm going to go to, to Luke in a way. I can't escape them. And, and 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 if you end up wanting to discuss your own experience with these <laughs> moments too, so be it. But I think it is at the heart of Star Wars, both when I watched it in my youth and, and I watched it now. Uh, the, the, the binary sunset staring out at the twin suns is everything to me about what Star Wars meant for me there. You touched upon it, that looking out and going, where am I in this big picture? I want to get to the picture big picture i don't feel i can connect there's a world out there i'm so far of far from and knowing that your journey's already begun is something i have really needed to hear in my youth especially going out of, out of high school into college and having big goals eventually moving to the big city and and every few years i feel as though i'm staring out into that sunset and going i, I like where i am but what's out there for me? And then you got to be careful not to do uh, what Luke, you know, says, uh, or what Yoda says Luke does all the time, where your mind's never on where you are, which is also <laughs> a lesson I learned later on, you know? Um, and because of that, and to tie those kind of moments together, uh, I go to Yoda and Luke in The Last Jedi, and the, the big talk of failure, the big talk about uh, uh, that being this great teacher does, for me, connect to looking out on those twin sons, wondering where you uh, fit into it all, not realizing you're already in it, and therefore maybe some failures happen. Maybe things don't go the way. Maybe you don't get off that rock as soon as you want. And that kind of manifests and festers uh, it's, itself as, as this kind of this open wound, uh, this thing of failure. And, 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 and Luke as a different kind of failure, it's, 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 Galaxy, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, galaxy affected uh, his fate of the galaxy is in his failures with with Kylo and everything. But it, it, I love that there, there is Yoda telling him, "Hey, you know, you're doing the same thing you did that's gotten into this mess over and over again, and you got you could still have the chance to learn and grow from it, and not just learn about." Uh, what happens when you get past those suns, but learn about how you maybe don't get past those suns sometimes. (laughs) So it's these two lessons of, of your journey has begun. You're already on it. Find your place in it. And then, Hey, it's not always going to go the way you want. Uh, Destiny takes you to choices. Sometimes you make the wrong one or make it a little bit later than you should. And that might lead to some failures. And don't worry, you still are going forward. You can still learn from it. That is uh, very, very great to, to tie those moments together. And I think uh, it's one of my favorite things in, in Last Jedi that Yoda explicitly <laughs> yeah. ties that that uh, together of that being a, a core part of just who Luke is, is that he is, he, he succeeds at strength and mastery. He succeeds at being in the moment, but he's always thinking about what's next. There's a part of him that's always going to be this, this kid wondering about what's beyond the horizon. And it's so beautiful at the end. 
of uh, of Last Jedi when he has accomplished what he needs to do in that moment in exactly the way that it makes sense for him. He's saved people, but he hasn't raised his blade to anyone. Uh, and he gets to look into the horizon as his reward about what's next as I go into the forest. That's, yeah. that's so beautiful. Yeah, and a reminder that the journey keeps going, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, uh, yeah, it was hard for me not to go to a, a Luke moment. Um, the, the first thing I wanted to share is just the idea of Luke throwing down his blade in Return of the Jedi. Um, mm. uh, many Star Wars uh, pundits talk about it a lot. It is such a crucial moment. Uh, I often talk about it from the perspective of when I was young and before Return of the Jedi came out. I couldn't imagine it because I just hadn't, really experienced uh stories yet like that it was just a question of could luke ever become powerful enough uh to beat darth vader <laughs> and, you know i remember kids going no he could never become powerful enough uh and you know i didn't fully understand it when i was a kid uh, but then i grew to appreciate it more and more as i got older and realized like well, that's a that is a powerful message to have the hero go no uh, the way to win is to say i have i have choice over my action and uh i'm not going to be pushed into believing that aggression is power uh mm. i'm not going to give into that fear i'm going to choose something different is a really powerful uh message but then when i really dive into that moment so many different ideas that i love in star wars are, are embedded uh, in that uh you can see it many other places in star wars but they're they're here right um mm -hmm. this great conversation uh between the prequels and the original trilogy it's everywhere in star wars but in particular this idea that uh is attachment a weakness or a strength and you understand in the prequel journey uh, the jedi's perspective of like attachment is dangerous because you could give into the fear of losing that person mm. but then luke has this great victory uh where he kind of shows yoda and obi-wan no actually attachment can be a strength if it is about love if it isn't if it's about selfless love <laughs> mm -hmm. right and and the fact that he is being pushed to give in to hate uh and murder his father out of vengeance and fear specific vader had threatened leia so he has every right to to fear for somebody he loves and he stops himself from giving into that and and appeals through this act to the attachment to his father and that is what gives him uh the victory it's also just such a it's a passing of a trial. Yoda kind of sets it up in Re in Return of the Jedi of like uh, when Luke says like, oh, so I am a Jedi. And Yoda's like, no. <laughs> that great little noise. Like, oh, you think you've, you think you've graduated, huh? No, you, you have to face your father. And I always feel like there's this curiosity in Yoda of like, Vader needs to be stopped one way or another. The Emperor needs to be stopped one way or another. But a test of who this person is, who Luke Skywalker is, is how is he going to face it? Yeah. And the fact that he, passes his trial his jedi trial and he knows it and he declares that i'm a jedi like my father before me uh in that that idea of being fully formed of like i understand what it means to be a jedi it's these kinds of choices and it is a generational tale right star wars has always been a generational tale with luke starting his journey wanting to be a jedi like his father and not really understanding who his father is or what that really means and here he is he's arrived he has taken the mantle. He is a Jedi like his father before him. It's such a generational tale. Oh, uh, yeah. Amazing stuff. And, it, 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 and it's, it's, it's such a big part of the core of Star Wars, that sequence that you're talking about, the lessons uh, that are there for us to pull from. And it was, we, you and I talk a lot about how this came, this came in an era where that wasn't the name of the day. 
Uh, was it uh, how things were kind of presented? It was, do you have a, an M60 on your side and, and muscles and all that kind of thing? And not to take anything away from the joy of those movies, Rambo or something, anything that out, the, out there, but this was, 83 is, is, is kind of that era. Uh, yes. and strength is, uh, power and strength is, and might is, is, is what to get and what to be, you know? And how many trailers were like pitching it as one man alone, right? Yeah. <laughs> this idea of this one figure, you know, and Luke's kind of rejecting that too, right? He, he, he it's not just about strength and it's not just about him. Yeah, which, you know, again, I'm not here to attack any movie that you love. I love Rocky Four. okay? It's one of my favorite movies. I love all that. But uh, I also think that that means, especially especially if you came up in that generation, the, everything you're talking about is in that sequence. It's in those movies. It's there for us. I don't know if everyone pulled that from it at the time and maybe even as time goes on. It still seems like, well, Luke went to face Vader and won. Well, how did he win? Ah, he won. Well, he threw down his blade and all those things you're talking about. That I love what you highlighted uh, to, to kind of say no to aggression and this idea that that is uh, uh, um, the way to go to get the, the kind of power you need to win the day. But, uh, you know, Star Wars warns against that. It's all there, but I love that that, can, that, 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 that you can engage with that when, when maybe you need to in life. And I hope other people do engage with that moment and that lesson when they need to in life. Yeah, it's such a triumphant moment, and and still uh, to this day, when you watch it, like a, it's perfect, but also almost feels surprising. It's so great. What what are some other moments for you? Uh, I mean, those two big Luke moments are, are powerful, but there's other ones that I focus on. And again, you pull for pull maybe what you need, and, it, and I really believe it does find you. Uh, you know, I say a lot, Joseph. Uh, kind of uh, tip my cap to the Carl Weathers stuff from that Mando behind the scenes stuff of. You know, Star Wars was been saying these things his whole life, but, you know, he didn't, when he needed to hear them in his early, early 20s, he didn't hear them. Uh, <laughs> but he heard them later. And that's the great thing about Star Wars. You can go back to it. And so I go back to things like Phantom Menace, where the lessons of, of Shmi, which are valuable to the story of Star Wars, because she, I think, um, is responsible for a lot of this, uh, you know, uh, goodness within the heart of, uh, of Anakin and, and, and helping form and, and fuel his true nature. And that comes back again in these moments, even you and I are talking about with Luke throwing down the blade and Vader saving his son. But um, I, I am one who can be, um, you know, stubborn on the surface, but uh, deep down fearful of change. And <laughs> that is a fear that is pretty dangerous. And it's not just changing your pants and getting a new style of jeans. It's relationships, jobs, choices, and, and growth. And it's a growth inhibitor. And so going back to Shmi telling Anakin as he's about to start the, this journey that he did want, right? He's dreaming about having a laser sword and being a, a Jedi. He's literally having dreams about it. And here's the chance <laughs> it's happening. And he realizes, well, I got to leave my mom. And look, that's not easy, by the way. Um, but in the space story, it's what he's got to do. And have her just a highlight of all the things, of all the things. Um, it's this fear of change. And that is at the heart of a lot of this. And I did not hear that in 99. I wish mm -hmm. I did because I struggled <laughs> a lot with change in the early 2000s in my life. And it kept me back from a lot of things. Who knows where I'd be in life, career, relationships, otherwise very happy where I am. And that's also part of the lesson. So it's right that you're on your journey, whether you know it or not. But man, fear was an inhibitor to me. And so much of uh, fear is, is boiled down to kind of what you were talking about earlier, Joseph, like, oh, fear, well, you don't have courage, you're not going to stand in front of the dragon. That's a certain kind of uh, overcoming fear, to be clear. But I think fear's 
Fear manifests itself in so many other ways, which is what George was telling us. And I hear, I needed to hear that later. So I go to Shmi in that advice a lot. That is a, that's such a great, uh, yeah, a great lesson to take. And, uh, it, there were parts of Phantom Menace I really liked and parts that I resisted because it was different. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Shmi was giving me some advice that I needed to hear in 1999. I was like, you can't stop the evolution of Star Wars anymore than you can stop the suns from setting like, <laughs> is, uh, is what I needed to hear. Um, yeah, there are just so many great ideas in Star Wars. I think one that that I go back to a lot because even with all of the the cool fighting and the explosions and the thrill, this is that tension that I'm talking about where um, there is just a huge idea of empathy and it. It is presented in lots of different ways, right? It's mm-hmm. um, when our heroes choose to fight, it is a victorious moment when they fight because they're truly trying to help someone. Right. You know, it's right. Shmi's other uh, bit of wisdom, one of many to to Anakin that he quotes back to her of, you know, you say the biggest problem in this universe is no one helps each other. Um, it is there in the, the way that Leia immediately connects and has respect with the Ewoks. And that is a triumph. You know, there's so many examples in star Wars of uh, empathy of we are all connected uh, and we all matter equally in a re- more recent storytelling moment where that really pops for me. It's such a small moment, but it's so important is in the Mandalorian season one, the moment where uh, mm. Din Djarin decides to go back for Grogu, right? Right. Uh, he has empathy for another being, right? Mm. This little weird guy that, that is supposed to fit in a box in Din's world. He, that, that is, uh, it's not a being, that's mm. a target. And he got rewarded and Din should leave it at that. Yeah. It's a check but, mark on a list. Right? Yep. But but he connects with Grogu as as a being of, you know, intrinsic value because he's alive and he exists, right? Yeah. And knows that that he has delivered this creature to people who are not going to respect uh, his inherent intrinsic value, right? Yeah. And it is it is such a moment of choice, which Star Wars is really big about personal choice of, you know, when, when you see the walkers coming, mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you choose? in yeah. uh, for us as an audience, it's such an effective moment because, you know, we're all screaming at the screen, right? Like, we're already in love with Grogu. <laughs> like, don't even know his name. Like, whatever we're all calling him then, you know, baby Yoda, making up weird Yoda-thon names for him, whatever it is, Yabi, whatever people are calling him, like, screaming at the screen, go get him, go get him, right? But from Din's perspective, hey, Din, is this, is the intrinsic value of this being uh, valuable enough for you to risk shattering every rule of every community you're in mm-hmm. to risk your own people, the Mandalorians to uh, risk pissing off uh, this Imperial uh, remnant uh, to most importantly, just break your code as a bounty hunter. Yeah. And he decides, yes, empathy is the most important. So I'm going to go fight for empathy. Mm. Well, that's good. Good. Look at you pulling a modern example. Love it. <laughs> uh, trying to keep it a little varied. Uh, uh, we could talk so much more about the big, uh, deep uh, ideas of Star Wars, and uh, we will, and we do all the time across this podcast. But, Ken, unless you have any others, I think we're going to take a quick break. I have five others, but let's take a break. <laughs> I also have uh, I have three others written down, and I'm stopping myself. So if fans <laughs> want to guess, feel free to tweet us and guess what else we were going to talk about but for now we're going to take a quick break and we're going to keep talking about the things that make star wars good and even great to us we'll be back in a moment
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we are back to continue our discussion of what makes Star Wars good. Now I'm feeling uh, guilty. I, we should have called this episode, What Makes Star Wars Great? 
Anyway, and I forgive myself, uh, uh, let go of the guilt and move on. So we talked about some of the adventure serial thrill. We talked about some of the big philosophy. Uh, now we're going to move on to one of our favorite things to talk about here on Four Center, and that is the weird. Ken, what are some of the your favorite uh, weird characters or moments in Star Wars? Oh, man. Uh, I, I got to... In terms of, of, of weird candle, uh, uh, weird candles, weird characters, uh, I I'm going to start with Salacious B. Crumb. <laughs> On this conversation, I obviously seem to be going going back to my real roots, going back to 1983. I could I I both love Salacious B. Crumb, was terrified of him, slightly maybe disgusted, but also wanted wanted him as my friend, uh, <laughs> and therefore I uh, you know I I have. Um, I have a lot of rancors in different forms, Funko Pops, whatever. I have a lot of wampas and Funko Pops, but I, I also have a fair share of salacious bee crumbs. I need to get the actual real one you can get from Galaxy's Edge that Jennifer <laughs> has, our other uh, partner in crime over here. Uh, that starts it for me, salacious bee crumb. It just, uh, everything about it. And then, and then, and you want to talk about specific moment, uh, it, it, the combining, it, it's when he's, eating out 3PO's eyes, just <laughs> ripping the cords out and, and then, and R2 shocks him. And then he could, and he's like kind of maniacally laughing, but also pissed off at R2. Uh, everything about that sequence stuck with me from, uh, from uh, 1983 on. Yeah. And I mean, like, obviously as a kid, you're not like, ah, I see. He is a, a, a twisted inverted court jester whose <laughs> job is to laugh and entertain and, and uh, you know, it's, Pick his boss up. <laughs> right. You're just responding to, like, the look, the cackle, right? The look, the cackle. I remember my favorite things is, uh, you know, uh, by the time uh, Leia's in, uh, in the still bikini there, uh, laying in, in, in captivity, and, and it's the night scene, and, and Jabba's tail's just kind of moving, and Slash just becomes, like, studying the tail. That was, I never stopped thinking about that. Yeah. It's, it's these weird. very... Yeah, it's this very lived-in moments, and I think that's what really draws me to the weird in Star Wars. Of it's like um, it's aesthetically odd, or it is maybe taking something from the real real world and sort of mashing it up in a way. And there's this part of your mind that like always knows, like I'm looking at a puppet, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a pu- am I being emotionally moved by a puppet? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, but it's all always grounded, and in, in it's that little tip of the iceberg of like this. Does Salacious stay up every night and just marvel? at the tale of his uh, slug crime lord boss lords like every you could break it down to like oh yeah no the, the, there's a crime boss and he has this sort of sycophant who just loves yeah. everything he says and laughs at it it's totally understandable right totally. uh it, you you could boil it down to like uh, you, you know when you're in school and there's a bully and then there's a you know a kid who hangs out with the bully and just laughs at everything they say like it's totally understandable and yet it's pushed through this filter of it's a slug and a monkey lizard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it just makes it delightful and unique. It really does. Uh, yeah. Good old Sally B. As I call him. Yep. Absolutely loved uh, uh, Salacious B. Crumb and, uh, and still do. Um, uh, for me, I'm going somewhere modern uh, to start mm-hmm. uh, because it is the most recent of my, my deep uh, weirdo loves. Uh, in fact, uh, when the character uh, was first seen, uh, I didn't know what the character's name was. It hadn't been released yet, so I called him Vat Weirdo. Uh, it turns out the character's name is actually Lulilo Primok. Uh, he is one of the singers in Solo uh, on uh, Dryden Voss's yacht, The First Light. Um, and it's this was just, to me, this was perfect Star Wars. Again, it's taking something uh, that is ultimately really recognizable of like, 
okay, this is uh, this is a crime organization's uh, fancy yacht where they're putting a nice face on the deals they're making. And uh, there's a lot of good food and a lot of good alcohol. And yeah, there's some uh, I- imperial authorities and they're maybe making uh, quiet deals while ha- having this fancy party. So who would you have there? Oh, you'd have an, an elegant singer, you know? Yeah. Uh, and in Star Wars, uh, the elegant singer is, is uh, one woman in an amazing space dress. And of course, the other elegant singer is an upside down frog thing in a vat. <laughs> Just floating there. Just just floating and crooning, right? Uh, look, if I could have a different life path, I would love to float and croon in some way. It's uh, so, so great. To me, it is uh, one of the perfect examples of, of weird in Star Wars, of take the emotionally grounded and just put it in a bizarre uh, form that makes you celebrate that, that dreaming, right? Of like... Yeah. You know, looking up at the sky and go, what all weirdness could be out there? You know, and sometimes what's out there is cool. It's a stormtrooper, a Mandalorian, and sometimes it's weird. Sometimes it's an upside down frog in a vat. <laughs> Still, one of my favorite moments in Star Wars is 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 your dreams of that being a crooner coming true after <laughs> months of speculation. Just, just, oh, the best. Such a, a deep, lovely voice, too. Yeah. Uh, what are some other weird characters or moments for you that you like to celebrate in Star Wars? Yeah, well, I'm going to, to character and moment combo here. And, you know, when I do think of weird, I think of, uh, you know, a lot of creatures, a lot of weird moments like that. I love, like, the Hapabor in Force Awakens. Good old Hapabor butt sipping water. Uh, my fins dying of thirst there. I love that creature. I love how weird that is. Even uh, even the, the, the Tito that, that Ray's uh, uh, dealing with and the Lugga Beast, it's just so wonderfully weird. But but I'm going to go from a little bit different direction here. Who I, I think three of the weirdest characters in Star Wars that are also some of the most memorable and most talked about. That is the father, the son, and the daughter on Mortis. Mm. Force gods trapped on this world to keep balance. They call Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan. Is it real? Is it imagined? Is it is it a combination of all of it? What actually happened? What does it all mean? And will it ever factor in again? We got the world between worlds and other things that pop up in the Rebels. I think about those characters a lot too, not for the deep philosophy. And you and I just recently dove into those on the Clone Wars report. Check that out if you want to rewatch the Clone Wars with us. But just like, wait a minute. So you're telling me that like, you know, when 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 uh, uh, the pod race is going on, when when the battle of uh, Geonosis is happening, there's also these force gods on a planet just waiting, <laughs> and it's so weird and bizarre, and a little bit of uh, you know uh, the, the funny stuff from Hate Ashbury in our, in our real world, make, driving this Ford. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird thing, and I just love it, and I love that it's there, and I love that it's part of George's Star Wars. Uh, and that it's, and that others have carried that on, and it just allows for the weird and and mythical and magical to be in this galaxy, and it all just flows down into life lessons for us here in Burbank. It's <laughs> it's all there, and 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 it's 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 nights, it's it's salacious be crumb, and there's force gods on this weird planet. Yeah, I think that's such a great example because I would I would say you know depending on your perspective there may be cool weird right i mean they have a lot of different totally. looks between yeah. the three of them right like um the, the sun looks like a, a great sith lord design right he's kind of classic cool. uh, star wars cool red and black and ominous and uh then the daughter and father did just kind of look like they uh just skipped out of somebody's tolkien fan fiction right like totally. <laughs> uh that they're so high fantasy 
um, in, in their design. And, and I even think like some elements of, of Legend of Zelda kind of design, the, the daughter being so ethereal. And um, it is that sense of part of what I love about Star Wars is it often has a why not sense to it of yeah let's play like it, this started with lucas uh going i want to tell a myth i, I really want to base it on these solid foundations of uh you know uh, uh tales of good and evil and going on a hero's journey and questioning yourself um but within that i want to pull from all these genres i like that have been talked about so much of uh, the western and the science fiction and the fantasy and and, and street racing and uh, all that kind of stuff that but that star wars continues to have that exploration over the years and go what else can we we grab from right and lucas himself obviously still being deeply involved in the clone wars knowing that he's like yeah no make them look like they tripped out of return of the king i don't care that's great yeah. <laughs> uh even to, to modern things where you know if it pans out the way that some of the trailers look to me uh it looks like the book of boba fett is going to be like yeah gangsters let's do it <laughs> yeah right. let's do gangster movies and uh, the weird so often is is a way to pull in these different flavors of genre yeah yeah and, and especially on display a lot in the clone wars right it's just like Let's do this. Let's do a Godzilla movie. Let's do horror. Let's do this. And let's, you know, uh, you know, bugs that go in your ears and nose and uh, just, you know, all over the map there. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm tempted to just list, you know, all sorts of characters whose design is just bonkers. You know, I remember mm -hmm. a friend of mine who was uh, older than me when A New Hope came out, always saying uh, Moma Nadun or Hammerhead, as he was known by his action figure name back then. It was just mind blowing because like that was so alien. It was almost frightening. Um, mm, or mm. like super weirdo uh, Nieper's pan pick in the in the background of uh, of Last Jedi at uh, Canto Bite who has a permanently open mouth. Like, yeah, so they're just great freakish designs that have that sense of why not. But the other kind of weird thing I wanted to highlight is because you know growing up the original trilogy, I just accepted these things like they were legend, right? Like you know I was so young the way somebody would just like sit you down. It's like here's how uh, checkbooks work. <laughs> here's how the World Series works. You know here's how here's the history of paint and you're just a kid so you're just like cool okay yeah uh and then you get older and realize wait uh, why do we make all these decisions and for me in star wars some of that was definitely the carbon freezing chamber of like wait they just they just froze him like a hunk of yeah. meat <laughs> yeah like they're you know taking him to a picnic and they didn't want him to you know dry out or go bad like but the one i really wanted to highlight is uh the sarlacc pit right oh yeah that's another place where you can see genre, where you can see like, oh, you know, it's a, it's like kind of a pirate thing, right? They're going to make Luke Skywalker walk the plank. You're like, ah, I get that. That makes sense. That has historical and, uh, you know, storytelling history to it. And like, but it's a desert, right? Okay. Uh, what if there was just a mouth that lived in the ground? <laughs> yeah. Especially you go back to pre-special edition when it doesn't have the beak and it's just a mouth with tentacles and teeth just wide open in the earth. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. think of like you know if, if you hit star wars at a young age you kind of accept some of these things and then you kind of go back and get to have that appreciation of like that's just like daring and weird and fun and kind of scary as all hell yeah <laughs> that there might be mouths in the ground i just love it i mean i i grew up near the beach and so i go out in those sand dunes just terrified to take a wrong turn <laughs> terrified just in case just in case and yeah but yeah and i you know I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the special editions it brought a lot of new fans to star wars some changes i love some i don't I, over the years my 
my uh, uh, dislike of the updated Sarlacc has just kind of dissipated. It doesn't even uh, phase me anymore. But I remember at the time I'd been a little upset, primarily because of what you're talking about. Of no, I just like it's it's a hole in the ground that will kill you. Like what? <laughs> So weird, and you know now you got the little shop of horrors version, whatever. Like I said, I, I could care care less now. I just I should enjoy the sequence, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. That hole in the ground was weirdly terrifying. Yeah, absolutely uh, terrifying, and yeah. and now it gets to choose who it chomps instead of just having random <laughs> baddies thrown <laughs> into it. Thrown into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Sarlacc, but I guess the Sarlacc's hungry. Uh, I, I won't presume to know what the Sarlacc is feeling. Anyway, any other moments of weirdness that you want to highlight before we move on? Uh, I mean, there's plenty to choose from uh, all over the place, uh, but uh, we can move on. Uh, yeah, so let's move on to uh, maybe some overlap with weirdness, possibly, and that is comedy in Star Wars. Um, comedy is such a huge part of this uh, galactic cocktail of ingredients that makes the the saga. And, you know, I think all these ingredients from uh, adventure cereal to weirdness, right, they can to comedy they can be kind of turned up or down uh depending on which star wars story you're watching but they're always there and i think comedy is one that represents itself in lots of different ways right you, you get that sort of a, a dry wit of kazadin's uh, uh, script writing in particular you get uh, george lucas himself yeah, has a little bit of a, a sillier sense of humor right so you get a yeah. uh, slapstick uh you get lots of different takes on it and all of the uh the disney star wars with so many different um era of lucasfilm uh, with so many different creators putting their kind of own uh, comedic stamp on it. Uh, you even get, if you want to dive deep into the deleted Phantom Menace scenes, a longer extended cut of the Yopi fart. <laughs> <laughs> but no matter what kind of comedy you like, comedy and whimsy is almost always there. So what are some of the great moments of comedy that connect with you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 and I'm trying not just to go back to what got me in and, you know, my, my sense of humor is, is a little dry. Uh, it, it's it's definitely character dialogue based. So therefore, I think I go to you mentioned it, but like Kasdan's uh, the banter between Han and Leia is something that just probably influenced me uh, really young. Apologize to all romantic partners in my life. I just like a little banter. Would it help if I gotten pushed? It might. I just I die laughing at seven, and I laugh at that now. And I love a lot of examples like that. Their their dialogue, but at the same time. I can't deny uh, Han Solo tapping on 3PO's shoulder three times on Endor. Uh, I was on the ground. You had to pick me up off the theater. That was the height of comedy. <laughs> it's not my favorite moment now, but it got me then. Um, all that, to, those are the great moments. But I got to tell you, and having just rewatched it, uh, the C-3PO humor in Rise of Skywalker might end up being like a definitely top five kind of examples of humor in star wars grace and i were just watching and we were dying laughing we both love and i know you do too but if the you know is this the afterlife or are droids even allowed here type of comedy that was on display there love all that stuff and it was just it was justice a little bit for 3po uh because he's involved with some of my least favorite humor which is the attack the clones kind of era humor uh pun based kind of wackiness and it was it's just it hits me every time i just absolutely love it it's such the character it's such our shared history of the character uh it's it's just so wonderfully performed and written i love everything about it in rise yeah no i mean not surprisingly a lot of times that uh, we are aligned and definitely two of the places that that my mind went uh the 3 pl line in particular in rise of skywalker that was like so funny to me uh, that I almost was like, did I hear that right? <laughs> right. Is uh, when they are initially have fallen under the uh, the sinking field there in Pisana, and they're all checking in on each other. 
uh, and 3PO says, you didn't say my name, sir, but I'm all right. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, they, like, it, slapstick, if it's, if it's executed in, in the right way, I really, really love. Um, mm-hmm. Big fan of a lot of the things that have influenced, the silent comedy that influenced uh, Lucas and that he's pulling from. Uh, with the Laurel and Hardy of of three PO and R 2s right, relationship, right. all that stuff, but I tend to really like the character driven stuff, and I like the comedy that is it is coping with something dark, right? Mm, yeah. Or or saying something that might be uh you maybe can't exactly say explicitly, but you can kind of get at with a joke. Right. And you didn't say my name, sir, but I'm all right. Is like that moment of like is 3PO finally truly wrestling with the fact that he has been dismissed? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's been annoyed with it, right? There's those great moments uh, when, like in Empire, when, when 3PO asks uh, Han if he can ask about something, and Han's like, why not? And walks away from him. He's like, impossible, man. Uh, but this is this different level of, like, 3PO finally being like, you know, it's been decades. <laughs> and I am going to ever so gently push back. You, you didn't ask after me but I'm fine, <laughs> which is implicit that maybe you should start to think uh, about asking about me. Uh, then, yeah, followed, like, is this afterlife or droids even allowed? It, it really feels like 3PO is just having this sort of, like, um, yeah. strange coming of age <laughs> yeah. moment where he's like, I, I exist and I have value and I need to explore that in some ways. Love that. Yeah, a total justice for 3PO. Totally. Yeah. So well done. Uh, yeah, th- there's uh, so much in the original trilogy that is just a great uh, banter. I think uh, Luke has some great lines uh, that are sort of the light comedy that show character. I often go on about the I care line in uh, in A New Hope in Star Wars uh, when Leia's mad at Han and says, I wonder if he really cares about anything. And Luke offers that, like, I care. <laughs> right. You know, uh, it it's this great comedy because right off the bat, right, Luke or Han and Leia have this exactly what you're talking about, this fiery banter, this there, uh, you know, they come from really different worlds, but they kind of speak the same. They say exactly what they mean to one another and they don't back down. And then <laughs> poor Luke in there going, I just left the farm and I want people to know that I care a lot. It's, <laughs> it's such a great moment to show all three of their relationship. Uh Would it help if I got out and pushed uh, has yes. always been, been huge uh, for me. Like you were saying, uh, I grew up, you know, in, in Minnesota, where uh, even at a very young age, uh, I was aware that one needed to get out and push sometimes. Right. <laughs> so that was yeah. very viscerally true to me, uh, like especially that the uh, the Falcon was uh, on a, an ice planet, on a snow planet. Um, and Carrie Fisher obviously uh, demonstrated to the world in so many ways that she had just such a great and easy way with comedy. Mm-hmm. Leia has a million great lines, but that one is just so well well delivered and well timed. Right. Um, right. Han's absolute classic uh, uh, in A New Hope as well of, you know, we're all fine here. How are you? <laughs> yep. Yep. And the, the thing that always puts that over the top for me is uh, the line is, is funny and the idea that he would kind of just try to BS his way, bad improv through <laughs> mm. a call. It's the wince, right? Where he knows immediately. Yeah. Uh, why, why the hell did why I say that? that? Why did I do that? Yeah. Uh, what are some other examples for you? Uh, it's funny you mentioned the, the solo stuff. I, the 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 relationship that um, he has with Chewie is is, uh, is 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 one of my favorites in Star Wars for a lot of reasons, and I love examples of it on both ends, uh, which is uh, some of the banter between him and and Chewie in the Force Awakens. And the whole like you know uh, you know what's the second time, and when he's talking to Tasu Leach and. 
and uh and, and Chewie's got reactions just muttering under his breath even you know Finn asking is that I thought Hansel was a war hero and Chewie shrugs it's just their <laughs> shared history but then I love going back to where it kind of begins in uh, Solo a Star Wars story I love what's on display I love their their brotherly connection that's there uh right from the beginning with them and and so many uh just kind of little examples on display all through that movie, particularly going to the party you're talking about and Chewy double fist and drinks and just uh, him kind of just enjoying life off Kashyyyk, if you will, <laughs> on trying to discover who he is. I love their relationship. It's what, again, like I said, one of the best in Star Wars, it's all about uh, loyalty and, and uh, growth and, 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 and so much there, but it all um, at the core of it is just some, some really brotherly uh, banter and connections. Yeah, yeah. The, what should we drink to? Let's drink to and see where it goes. It's uh, some great young Han Solo uh, uh, glibness, uh, quippiness. Uh, I should also mention Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's he's one of my favorite characters, and I think one of the great things that connects the character is he always has this little bit of snark, right? He's yeah. always kind of looking at things from different angles, and this kind of expresses itself in comedy where he's uh, – kind of he always sort of pushes back using comedy uh and sometimes i think it's just an honest expression of him being grumpy and sometimes it's him kind of challenging someone to kind of get a reaction <laughs> um everything from like uh yeah. very subtle in a new hope when uh when han's like you haven't heard of the money falcon like, should i have <laughs> yes it's, it's a yes. gentle poke right and like that is the exact same character where you go to attack the clones uh geonosis uh, Anakin's got that kind of a uh, shamed look on his face because he knows he's going to be uh, snarked at. And it's like, well, well, we decided we'd come rescue you. And he looks up at the manacles on his hands. Like, Good job. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, just some great Obi-Wan snark all throughout. Yes, um, one. La last thing that I wanted to acknowledge and kind of get your take on is I think there are moments of Star Wars where you can absorb them is absolutely meaningful, uh, mm -hmm. uh, packed with the uh, crucial ideas of Star Wars. And because Star Wars has this great tension of being a, a weird, pulpy adventure serial and a, a deep myth, that they can be meaningful and funny at the same time. Mm. And I think, to me, the titan of this tension is uh, Sheev Palpatine, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Unlimited power is both like, yes, that is the mission statement of the Sith. That is the, uh, the goal and the the unachievable uh, lie of the dark side it makes you want unlimited power and you're never going to get it uh but also the utter height of it how operatic it is the fact that he uh, has been just i'm trying to pretend to be a nice politician forever and now the mask can drop and i can just scream my truth yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh when uh when i was a kid in fifth grade uh, maybe good maybe bad i remember my teacher telling the whole class uh, sometimes I get so upset after school that I drive my car far away and I just scream. <laughs> <laughs> and it almost feels like what Palpatine is doing. Of like, uh, this is what I've been wanting to say for decades. Mm. And I just scream it now. And it's so over the top that it is funny and meaningful to me. Uh, I'm with you. In terms of meaning, it is this, um, you know, we always say we don't want to root for Palpatine, but we're always interested by him and, and McDermott's performance. But it, like he's, he's, at this particular moment believes he has achieved what no one else really has, which is this unlimited power. The goal is Sith for generations. Some have maybe thought they had it. They've been close to it in this moment. He's like victory. And I love that George Lucas is like, no, turn it up higher. You got it at 11, turn it to 12. McDarber's <laughs> just kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll really <laughs> tap into something. Cause it is what you're talking about. He's been doing, 
you know, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a humble politician. Uh, and, and even in that sequence, he's, uh, you know, trying to, you know, pull Anakin in with it a little bit there and just explodes. And yeah, is it funny? Is it, uh, did some people view it as unintentionally funny? Sure. And it becomes so quotable, but it, over the years it, it was, it went from me going, man, that was, that was a little silly, right? To man, that's like one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. It's so great. And yeah, there's just, there's nuance. It, it, yeah. You can look at it both ways. It doesn't have to yeah. be one thing. And I think, again, for me, that is one of the great things about Star Wars. It, it isn't, uh, it doesn't have to be one thing. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Here's the last one I'll say, uh, just because I'm, I'm thinking about Sheev. I really love in Rise of Skywalker, the long have I waited, which sounds so, you know, uh, deep and and, uh, and evil, right? <laughs> and then the switch, yeah. for my grandchild to come home. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just always cracks me up because like, you're not fooling anybody, you know? You're not like, here's the, the butterscotch candy that I know you like, kid. You know, like the, the thought of him trying to sound loving and grandfatherly while, you know, uh, rotting and hanging from a hook is so funny to me. Love that. Love that. All right. Any other moments of comedy before we move on uh, to our last uh, part of Star Wars to discuss? Uh, I mean, unless you can count Carrie Fisher press interviews in 2015. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> One of the greatest comedy things yeah. ever associated to Star Wars is uh, Gary the dog being on the <laughs> press tour. Yeah, so the final thing we're going to discuss, and again, uh, there are many different ways we could break down all of the elements of Star Wars. This is uh, just what we're doing for this episode, and uh, mm. there are many more possibilities. But we're going to discuss the cute. And part of the reason I want to discuss that is, it, for me, it is a part of the legacy of us uh, doing the Force Center podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because for me, there was a period in my life where uh, I either ignored or endured the cute, right? I wanted Star Wars to be cool or serious or funny, but I didn't want it to be too cute. Um, and as I, as I grew up, you know, I, I backed off of that, but in particular, uh, we started the podcast, uh, uh with, uh, our friend Jennifer Landa, and she's such a huge proponent of the Ewoks, such a huge mm. proponent of the, the cute and the silly and the fun and the whimsical, uh, but in particular, the cute, uh, such a champion of the Ewoks that it really made me go, I'm not going to just go, yeah, it's a part of it. I'm going to actually let myself enjoy it <laughs> yeah. and celebrate it. Uh, so that's part of the reason I wanted to be sure to include cute in particular. So for you, Ken, uh, I'm curious about your cute journey, uh, <laughs> but also what parts of Star Wars uh, cuteness have burrowed into your heart? I mean, all the creatures. That Walkley in Return of the Jedi probably broke down the barriers early for me. Uh, I am uh, such an animal fan. Uh, you know, and also grew up with, like collected stuffed animals as a kid. I was one of those kids and had to, by sixth grade, it was like, I guess I got to put them away and I got to create some story that you're all going on a vacation and I don't get to go. You know, it's a very tearful moment. And that, <laughs> a lot of it, I think, comes from that Walkling who's scared of 3PO and, and Return of the Jedi. Uh, but as far as my journey with cute, yeah, I went through the period of like, I had no problem with Ewoks. Why would you? They're heroes. They help save the day to, oh my God, those stupid teddy bears. I think you can see the zippers. I've been there too. Uh, I get it, but yeah, it, it, it's important to note, uh, and I remember the discussion you and I had around, um, the Porg in, in, in Last Jedi, the one that's in the cockpit and how it, it's part of the fight. It's yeah. part of the fight and it takes all kinds, especially the cute and, uh, the crystal critters, uh, you know, we, we get with Volpe's, uh, they, they, they saved the day too. Guess what? They're cute too. They're my, my, my fiance loves those characters almost as much as she loves the Porgs. So that's a lot. And so cute has this big place because cute is part of the galaxy and don't overlook cute because Leia doesn't. And that helps win the day. So yeah, I've had that journey too. And the influence of Jennifer Landa, absolutely. How could you, 
how could you not just feel the joy for uh, the Ewoks? I have uh, another friend, uh, uh, you know, as well, Madeline Rue, a great author, uh, wrote a, a piece, uh, that Eclipse piece in the, in the front, from a certain point of view, New Hope book. Giant Ewok fan. Held an Ewok-themed birthday party about five, six years ago I was at. With Ewok trivia, Ewok, the Caravan of Courage playing long before you could get into Disney+. Plus. <laughs> And I remember, you know, this is before you and I started Force Center, and I wasn't talking about Star Wars every day. And I, just, I thought it was eh, Ewoks, quaint. By the end of it, I was just like, yeah, they, they have their place. They have their place in fandom. And it's not just when you're young. It's all through your life. So, yes, there's my, my journey with cute. Yeah, it, it is so important because, yeah, they off, the cute characters often uh, represent um, that idea that everyone matters, right? Yeah. Uh, and that we shouldn't just uh, judge by appearances. You know, I, I would argue that Yoda is cute. Yoda was cute to me, but he was mm. cute in this weird way, right? Uh, that, yeah. you know, Yoda felt kind of like me. I was like, ah, he's a, he's a little weirdo that people are going to try to dismiss, but there's actually, you know, great wisdom there. Uh, so I think that's a big part of it. What for you then are your, you got the walk lean listening to 3PO story. I'm right there with you that I love that 3PO moment. And that walk lean is, you know, incredibly uh, cute and then terrified. Uh, what are the other kind of cute moments for you that, that you love? Yeah, I, I, I will cite uh, the, the porch again. I'm such a fan of the porch. I just all on board, but the other one, I, it, it really, it jumped out uh, this week to me uh, rewatching the rise of Skywalker I actually really love Dio, and Dio's cute. And, 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 yes. What, what, what? Friend, friend, friend. He's cute. JJ Abrams, good job voicing Dio. Um, but going to that lesson you're talking about, uh, and how even Poe has some moments of, you know, uh, you know, Conehead, Coney, Coney. What's he? You know, and Finn's got to step up, and 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 how it's this lesson of, you know, Ray passes on life energy. Uh, BB-8 sees that, gives, is giving. Uh, forms this connection with Dio. Dio ends up knowing the way to Exegol. It's just all there for you, all wrapped up in this little remote control wheel. Um, and it's easy to, it's easy, I think, in, in modern uh, times, probably all times. I mean, we're talking about the Ewoks and, you know, it's almost uh, coming up crazy enough on 40 years of that. Um, but I think it's very, very easy to get cynical about cute in Star Wars because it doesn't, cute doesn't have is a, a prominent place in a lot of other big um, franchises, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's not unique to Star Wars. Definitely not saying that, but it, it's on display in a more powerful way. And so it's very easy to look at Dio and go, they just needed a new toy. Ugh, Grogu, they need a new toy. Ewoks, Gary Kurtz says they needed new toys and he's grumpy about it. You know, it's very easy to get cynical about it, but I think there's great lessons behind it. So I'm a big fan of Dio. Really am. Yeah. Dio is really, really great. I think he is—he's uh, cute. He's powerful, and he comes from a long line of uh, of cute droids, right? R two was cute b- back in the day. R two was yeah. lovable, and BB eight. Yeah. We just had an episode talking about that uh, teaser trailer from The Force Awakens that came out in two thousand fourteen, and nobody knew anything about this little ball except for uh, he was rolling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was rolling hard away from something. <laughs> it looked like he was rolling away from something, not towards yeah. something. And I, and then you get Dio, and I think a, a common thread in a lot of these things is. these cute characters is they um they serve this great contrast between the villains right Mm -hmm. um like if in the audience they elicit empathy like a natural instinct to help or protect right and then you imagine just like yeah vader would uh happily cut bb8 in two (laughs) (laughs) and i'm jumping timelines there but you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh so they they can also kind of be this picture of like what you're 
what you're fighting for. You know, like if this is about the light side and the dark side, if it's about hope and fear and fighting for empathy, of just like you need those pictures of, you know, what are we fighting for? Like just, yeah. you know, things that are joyful and fun and, and whimsical, you know? Right. Yeah. Love um, a couple examples for me. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Porgs are great. Uh, the, the, the Porgs, I think, uh, were, were really grabbed the mantle of uh, mm-hmm. cute in Star Wars. Uh, there's so many different shots I love, but I kind of just love the absolute comedy of the, the three of them on the cockpit just harassing <laughs> Chewie, right? And one of them just wearing, wearing some crap on their head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did they mean to do that? Did it end up there? Who knows? Who knows? The, the mystery of it is great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we were both big fans when the animated series was on uh, Star Wars Resistance. There's a great uh, kind of background through line of uh, the janitor figure. The yeah. character's name is Opipit. Uh, they uh, have uh, they're shorter. Uh, they got a little jumpsuit. Uh, they got some cleaning equipment, a giant pumpkin head, some goggles, and a little hat. <laughs> Could have included them in the weird. Just absolutely ridiculous little character. Uh, but he has such humanity and has this ongoing story of just trying to keep this uh, base clean and people keep messing it up. Mm-hmm. Opipit's one of my favorites. Yeah. Love a good runner of a joke, and uh, Opipit is an underrated character, but we love him. Underrated, yeah. And I think uh, for cute, we would be uh, remiss if we didn't talk about old Grogu. Um, he was a character that obviously the the cuteness, uh, the weirdness, but the cuteness was just so powerful and so much of a story of, like, who who could let this character go to doom and torture, right? Um but for me, I, I could have included this in comedy. It, it's a moment that sometimes I just think about and I, I start laughing. Uh, I love so many Grogu moments, uh, but not when Grogu takes the cookies, right, uh, yeah. from the other classmate, right? It, Grogu's great hunger had been established at this point. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and look, not paying attention in class, looking at the cookies, no one, <laughs> no one what Grogu cares about. It's also funny. The revelation once he's uh, taken the cookies, great. But the moment that makes me just uh, laugh alone in my home sometimes, Ken, is uh, when he tries peace first. <laughs> and he puts out his little hand of like, you could give those to me. <laughs> That's a thing you could do. They will be mine one way or another, but you could just hand them to me. <laughs> There's just something so cute about that look on his face that's yeah. just, I don't know, it's so relatable from from little kids to yeah. to animals to your own memory when you see something you want and just like absolutely uh, i see you have a frozen pizza you could give that to me like it, uh, yeah. I, I love it so much yeah i love to the way you decided the way you said he, he decided to use peace as if uh, violence was the next choice and uh he might have gone that far with those cookies, <laughs> which i understand I think he might have fought for those cookies. Yeah. I think there's a possibility. Uh, any other cute thoughts before we wrap up? I mean, the Grogu stuff is, is it's, it's pretty impressive. And it, and it is, it is so big for a reason. Uh, there's great purpose, great, um, uh, you know, great, uh, great depth to, to the character of Grogu. But yeah, even it, it, you, I can't, I have ne- I have not stopped finding him cute. Right, and I, and I know in this house, it's just uh, if I want to get put Grayson, just to you know calm her down, put her in a good mood, just put on some Mandalorian. Even him running from the ice spiders in in chapter ten, when he's scurrying along the ground, like oh this ain't good. <laughs> I my first reaction is not no get out of there. It's oh look at him run. It's just it's just a a, a victory on every level. Yeah, his little sachet of terror there is is awfully cute, <laughs> even when he's <laughs> panicked and yeah. screaming. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we could talk about cute uh, for a long time, just like all these topics. But Ken, I want to wrap up with this question for you. Yeah. Is there a single moment in Star Wars that for you exemplifies all of the, the ingredients we've been talking about? Emotional depth, thrilling adventure, weirdness, comedy, cuteness, cuteness all at the exact same time. See, this is you, the comedy and the cuteness, uh, which is all over Star Wars. That was the challenge. I was like, okay. Because, you know, you're thinking of, you know, single moment Star Wars. All right, immediately I'm going to go to the Emperor's uh, throne room for that fight. And like, not a lot of cute in that one. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little old Palpatine was cute at times, but not then, not there. Um, I'm going to submit this answer, and that is uh, the Battle of Crate. Oh, wow. Great. Emotional depth. There's so much there. The resistance making their last stand, Luke showing up, uh, you know, lessons uh, of, of, of redemption and, uh, and and whatnot with Kylo. We can go on there. The thrill and adventure. Can they destroy uh, the, 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 the cannon? Uh, these little ski speeders uh, stick together. Will they survive? Weirdness. It's, it's a salt planet. <laughs> it's got salt <laughs> and they're in a cave and there's these little crystal critters around and they save the day and they're so cute. And then of course you get the comedy, uh, of uh, even the, not just the porks, but even one of your favorite uh, moments, Joseph, is uh, tied around this, the Falcon showing up and saving the day and, and, and Kylo just being blow that thing out of the sky uh, because it, it ties to this, this, this hatred the First Order has for the, for the Falcon. So it's all on display in a big way there. That is so great. I think you nailed it. I think uh, my example, I, I have to stretch to get to the cute. I'm going to be honest. I mm. have to stretch. Uh, but for everything else, I'm going to go uh, back to the first film, go to Star Wars. And uh, I think a lot of Star Wars is baked into Ponda Baba and Dr. Evazin harassing Luke Skywalker at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got the thrilling adventure because it is uh, this young kid, uh, you know, taking his first step into a larger world. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly yeah. a world he doesn't fully understand or know how to navigate. He's immediately uh, confronted with conflict and it's weird conflict, right? It is, uh, as the action figure was called back in the day, it's a walrus man making weird grunting noises. And uh, this guy who's kind of scarred to to look uh, pig-like, right? He's been yeah. called pig guy. Uh, so the, you got this utter weirdness of the these aliens getting up in Luke's face for absolutely no reason. You know, I've made the joke that this is the original YouTube comment of just like, I know you didn't ask, but I don't like you. And my friend doesn't like you either. You haven't even done anything. You haven't even posted a video on YouTube yet. And we don't like your content. Like <laughs> It is, uh, it's so just intense and, uh, and to me kind of, uh, uh, funny in that of just like, it's this compression of the young, uh, novice being harassed, uh, by, you know, the, the sort of, a seedy jaded world in the form of these two characters. Uh, and you've got, of course, the thrilling adventure of in, in, in release order, this is the first time we see a lightsaber in action, right? Right. Yeah. All that weirdness, all that bit of comedy, uh, and it and it is this uh, suddenly this moment of for me a little bit of the emotional depth here is not just Luke out uh, in experiencing the galaxy. Right from the start, you see uh, the Jedi philosophy at work. Right of Obi Wan's like, come, let me get you something. He's trying to deescalate, you know. Yeah. And as soon as they are unwilling to uh, deescalate. Uh, he ignites his blade in defense of someone else, right? It's, Perfect. Uh, a Jedi using uh, the Force uh, for uh, defense 
maybe not knowledge in this time, but uh, Obi-Wan certainly has the knowledge to know, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're taking the blasters out. Uh, Got to end this quick. And yeah. and he does. He, he ends does. it uh, very, very quickly. Um, I, I'm not going to say that uh, the severed limb is cute. <laughs> Uh, so I'll, I'll go to elsewhere in the scene for, for cute, uh, within the cantina, Cabe, the Chadra fan, uh, reaching paws up for the drink. That's cute. I think that's absolutely cute. And, uh, Luke's naivete is cute. It's endearing. It really is. Sorry about that. (laughs) As you and I have discussed, that scene's all about me going to a bar for the first time. And I had that in my brain. Like I'm going to get attacked and arms are going to get chopped off. I can't do this. I can't do this. You know, it, 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 yeah, we had similar formative experiences. I mm. remember a couple of times at a bar when, like, I don't know exactly how to order this from this bartender who seems very gruff, and I just hope that the people next to me don't get so offended by my poor drink ordering that they uh, they threaten to attack me because I don't have an Obi-Wan with me. No, get yourself an <laughs> Obi-Wan, kids. <laughs> that is our big conclusion to uh, what makes Star Wars good. Uh, if that's a question, the answer is get yourself an Obi-Wan, kids. Any final thoughts uh, from you, Ken? No, I absolutely love uh, diving into this thing, revisiting some things we've discussed and just how it can still uh, still mean so much to you. And also uh, new things emerge. Uh, and that's why we continue to go back to these uh, wonderful discussions, the, the powerful, the thoughtful, the insightful, and the cute. It's all part of Star Wars. Yeah, and this has been a really fun uh, discussion to kind of revisit some of our favorites and and really wrestle with what resonates about them. But also for me, it's just, uh, this is why I love doing this podcast. I I finish the day recording uh, just wanting to watch some Star Wars because it it has elements of of many, many other things have uh, some, some of these elements. But it's such a unique combination of these elements. I think that's uh, while I all, always go back to it and why I'll always think Star Wars is uh, good and even great. Yes. <laughs> so with that, Ken, uh, do you want to let people know where they can find us? Hey, we are the Force Center Podcast, and we can be found on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. You can like our Facebook page at Force Center Podcast. Podcasts available on a lot of different spots, but none more important right now than Acast, our new home for the podcast, but you can still find us everywhere, including audio versions coming out on YouTube as well. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Our most popular item is the speculate responsibly t-shirt, an idea that emerged following the days of uh, the last Jedi. Uh, Patreon.com slash force center is where you can support us directly. We always love having new patrons uh, come on board. Uh, And once you become a patron, you can get access to our discord server where a group of wonderful force center friends discuss and celebrate star wars every day you can follow me at catnapsock go to my website catnapsock.com i do stand-up comedy as well for those that don't know uh, and i got a show coming up in washington dc four shows actually you can get tickets through there uh, joseph where can they find you and all the other wonderful things you do yeah, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. One of the things I like to do there is uh, share one of my other Star Wars passions, which is action figures. I do some uh, fun, not unboxing videos where I can't quite bring myself uh, to open all of my Star Wars action figures. So if you're interested in that and other comedy adventures, you can check me out on social media. Also have a website at josephscrimshaw.com. And from there, you can find all sorts of other things. Uh, I do stand up as well. So I have some comedy albums that you can find there. You can find links to my other podcast obsessed uh, shows I've written for all kinds of stuff on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. 
But for now, for myself, for Ken, for upside down frogs and vats and baby Ewoks and everything in between, this has been Force Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.